What if it's not too late? What if you truly can retire confidently? I'm Telton W. Hall, certified financial planner and best-selling author of The Secure Solution, creating a high-quality retirement in a low-interest rate world. My team and I have engaged in thousands of retirement planning sessions with middle and upper middle class Americans, people like you with their own unique fears and families and their own messes and their own successes. And they have done just that, retired confidently. If you're willing to go with me, I can tell you how. It's story time. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me this week. I have a story for you. In the Bible, we have been reading the story of King Saul, and I have had a much different learning, a much different experience as I have read the story of King Saul just because of the experience of life in the economy and the investment markets that we're currently going through. And I wanted to share some of those thoughts with you. I think they're highly applicable as you plan for, prepare for, enter into, and then enjoy a successful retirement. Let me give you the quick recap on King Saul. Prior to King Saul in the Bible, there was not one monarch but a series of tribes that made up the Israelite people. The Israelite people decided they wanted a king, and they asked Samuel, who was the prophet at that time, to select one. He selects Saul. Uh, Saul has some success in military campaigns, and then Saul makes a few mistakes when it comes to offering sacrifices. And then we have David enter the picture. David is the one who slew Goliath. A lot of folks are familiar with that story. And then that created quite a bit of tension between Saul and David. David actually ends up becoming his son-in-law, but Saul struggled extensively with David. And then in the end, ends up dying either by his own sword or by somebody else's sword after Saul loses a battle to the Philistines. So it's a, in the end, a tragic story, and I'm certain that it is in there to teach us lessons to help benefit and improve and bless our lives. For me, the point that has stood out to me so clearly, so clearly, is the emotional framework around some of Saul's early decisions. The thoughts that were instigating some of his decisions that, with hindsight, it's easy for us to look back and say, oh, that was a bad decision. But in the moment, I think it is worth it and very beneficial to actually pause for a minute and and consider what led him to make some of those early, what we would call bad decisions or, or, or mistakes. And I say what we would call because I'm not about here to, to judge some, somebody else. I think I've never been in their shoes, and I've certainly made mistakes in my own life. I would really not want people to judge me based on the worst moments that I've had in my life. 
So we're going to take it at face value that there's probably a lot going on. And if we can just learn and apply it to our own life, then it's very beneficial. Let me tell you about the first issue that the Bible indicates that Saul had. So the Philistines were coming into battle against the Israelites, and Saul and his army, I believe there's 600 men, they went out to meet them, but they were going to wait for seven days until Samuel could arrive to offer sacrifices so that they could have a uh, successful military venture against the Philistines. The seventh day arrived, and Samuel had not shown up, and so Saul ends up offering these sacrifices, and that ends up being a big no-no. Later on, Saul is told to go on another military venture against a potential threatening tribe, and he's supposed to wipe out everything. He ends up winning the battle, but he doesn't wipe out everything. He keeps some of the best animals and the king to come demonstrate his military victory. And as I think about those couple bad decisions, those potential mistakes that he made, it has become very clear to me, at least for me and for what I need to learn at this time in my life, that those were very fear-based decisions. And what I think is compelling is that they are understandably fear-based decisions. When you try to put yourself in Saul's position, he has 600 men there. They're all terrified. The Philistines are coming in. They've been sitting there for seven days just feeling all that anxiety and all that stress and all that concern like, man, we're going to have to go to, to battle. We're going to have to go to try to, to fight to protect our lands and our family. I mean, that's, that's scary. And I'm certain that they were expressing or at least Saul was picking up on all of that fear. And so when Samuel does not show up, I think it's understandable that Saul would potentially experience tremendous fear. He would be thinking thoughts like, you're kidding me. These guys are going to take off. I'm worried I can't win this battle anyway. And if these people get scared, if my warriors are scared and they start leaving because we didn't offer the sacrifice and go to war, then my chances are even further diminished of winning this battle. And I think it's it's very understandable. And, and I think it's pretty compelling to say, geez, we would all be having a lot of fear if we were standing in Saul's shoes at that time. And that fear was the driver in that decision. The next time around when he's supposed to go in and wipe everything out and instead he keeps the, the king and some of the best animals so that he could offer sacrifices, when you think about that in a historical context, that is a demonstration of his success. To parade around the other king, to show off that we beat these guys, that is one way to boast about your success. To be able to offer sacrifices, part of those were offered as sacrifices, but then also part of those end up being eaten. It creates a big feast. It creates a big celebration for this success. And as I tried to learn from this story and over the past couple of weeks, it just feels to me like there's this underlying sense that Saul is worried about his legitimacy and he is 
determined to find a way to demonstrate his prowess, his legitimacy, his productivity, and his success as the rightful king. Because you got to remember, he's the first one here. Before that, there were no kings. Everybody had their own judges inside of tribes, but there was not one consolidated monarchy. And it just feels to me like there's still this underlying fear. There's this underlying concern of, I need to demonstrate that I can do this, that I am the rightful king. And it's understandable. You think about when Saul initially is told by Samuel, hey, you're going to be king. Saul says, what, me? Like, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. We're a a small nobody tribe. In fact, later on, the Benjaminite tribe is going to disappear. They're just going to be assumed by the tribe of Judah, which is much larger. So Saul's answer is like, I'm kind of a nobody. Are you sure it's going to be me? And although we might take that as, as humility, I think that it's showing up later as fear of the people are going to reject me unless I prove something to them here. And I don't really fault Saul for that. Later on, he goes a little crazy. He's throwing spears at a lot of people that he shouldn't be and making some, some bad decisions. And I, I don't necessarily relate closely to some of those decisions, but having fear and having fear kind of want to drive the, the bus while I'm on it, I can relate to that. In fact, it reminds me, this is a fun story about one of my kids. Years ago, we watched Wrecking, I think it's called Wreck-It Ralph, and it, they're inside of arcade games, but they can go between the wires and get in each other's video games at night. And so Wreck-It Ralph is a big guy that wreck stuff. That's his job. He's a demolition guy. And he gets in this game that's a race car game. And he becomes friends with this girl that likes to drive race cars. She drives really fast. She's really good. But for whatever reason, she's kind of been excluded from the from the normal races that, that happen inside of, of this arcade game. And at one point, he's telling her you can't race. Like, I don't want you to race the little girl's name. It's, it's like vanilla, vanilla, Vanellope, Vanellope sweet, something along those lines. So he's like, Vanellope, you can't do this. And then he takes his big hammer that he used for destruction of stuff over in his game and he smashes her car. And one of my kids at that moment turned to me and said, Ralph's making decisions out of fear. <laughs> What a powerful, powerful moment from whatever a seven or a nine-year-old to point out that he's not a bad person. He's not a less intelligent person. He's just really, really scared that she is going to go get hurt if she keeps racing. He's making decisions out of fear. And so I see that same undertone so so pronounced throughout the story of Saul. And I wanted to bring it up to you. I think there are a ton of ways that it's applicable. I think there are two very, very strong ways that this is applicable to retirement planning is the first off is that people make very bad decisions with their investment portfolios when they're making decisions out of fear. It's very appropriate to be decisive when you're coming from well-thought-out strategized decisions. 
I think, and my experience has been that decisions based in fear have not gone well for me and for those around me. And so when it comes to an investment portfolio, when you have built a strategy that is purposely not trying to completely eliminate any downs, so it's willing to take in some of the downs in order to participate in the ups, and that is the long-term strategy, then making a fear-based decision to reject that strategy because investments are down, that can be very, very detrimental to your retirement success. Keep that in mind. I think it's very, very powerful to say, I'm making a conscious decision right now to not make a fear-based decision. The second way that I see this play out, and it's just as big of a deal, in some cases, a bigger deal than making a bad investment decision that's based in fear, is that the fear of the future, the fear of maybe not retiring actually keeps people from doing the planning. It's a fear-based decision to not sit down and say, let me get absolute clarity on what I have now, what my goals are, and am I on track for those goals? Or am I behind or am I ahead towards those goals? And that is actually the catalyst for why we are creating. And here very soon, over the next couple months here, we're going to launch this Retire Confidently program for all those folks that aren't right here local where we can help them individually, but across the nation, they're going to be able to watch over our shoulder and do the planning so they get crystal clear clarity of exactly where they are and where they are going in relation to those goals that they have. And what I have seen time and time again, it takes a some courage to overcome that initial fear to do the planning. But once you have the planning and you've got this crystal clear clarity, it took courage to get there. But then this overwhelming confidence takes the place of the fear because you get clarity, you know, right where you are and your brain at that point, instead of making bad fear-based decisions, it's almost miraculous how your brain can go to work to make informed, educated decisions to get you where you want to go because it's, it's, it's overcome the fear. It's past that. Now it's just in logic. Now it's just straight, okay, I see exactly where I am. I have the clarity. That gives me the courage to move forward and that creates confidence in your retirement plan. Hey, thanks for joining me, you guys. Have a great week and have some faith and some hope and make decisions from that place. You might make the same decision, but if you come at it, from hope, intelligence, and faith, you'll have a much better outcome than coming at it from fear. Have a great one. Hey folks, one last thing. If you have not checked out the Retire Confidently program recently, you really need to. We have drastically changed the cost associated with that program. So to go to teltonhall.com forward slash program and then click sign up and then put in the discount code PODCAST, PODCAST, all caps. You're going to be blown away at the price that you'll pay for what a program that could massively change your retirement outlook, your confidence towards your retirement, and make thousands, ten thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your retirement. Don't miss this. 
take advantage of it right now. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. Click sign up, use the discount code podcast in all caps. And for the price of, I mean, the less than a pair of basketball shoes, less than a really nice dinner out, you can get access to a program where we've seriously tried to give you every tip, every trick, every piece of education, every strategy that we can to turn any angst you have about retirement into confidence towards your retirement. Check it out. Teltonhall.com forward slash program. I am super excited for you. Your future retired self is ecstatic for you.